Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, let's not waste any time, folks. You're listening to the Bower and Rose podcast, the Bower and Rose show, wherever you get your podcasts in Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125. My Twitter address is Tom Rose Indy. However, that works. I think it's ampersand Tom Rose Indy. I'm supposed to push that. Our email address in is Bauer and Rose Radio at gmail dot com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Yeah. Why don't we just take a whole show where all we do is say those things over and over and over again until uh, we get a message from somebody that. Makes actually, we have. <laughs> I know we See, do. Uh, I'm just I'm being sarcastic. I shouldn't. No, he's that. making fun of me, folks. He's mocking me. It's no. one of the rare, rare opportunities that he actually is given on a silver platter to mock me because we have an email address that Gary is unable to figure out how to open. And this is no, Gary's project, and I've said, Gary, all right, you're so insistent on having an email address. We'll give it to you, and I am not going to help you. And you know, we'll Tom, see how I, long it takes. When I got up this morning, the same thing happens that happens every morning. I, of course, like a good sheeple, uh, looked immediately at my phone screen to find out what I'm supposed to think today. And uh, on a typical morning, there's somewhere between 500 and 700 emails. Are you serious? I am. Well, how do you? What, what do you do? Just automatically delete? I, n- not automatically. Well, I've, I think I'm. Uh, I've been able to figure out by the teases and titles, fairly, you know, 99% certain which ones can be eliminated without reading the body of them so i just go down them and and out of that there will probably be 12 to 15 out of 500 require me to uh deal with them what do you have to get up at 2 30 in the morning no you know you can do this on your phone you you can uh skim up the screen um you know dozens of them at a time as you're as you're scanning them, then hit edit and hit delete, and it will delete every one of those that you've just scanned up, except for the two or three that you unscanned. Okay, this is this is getting particularly dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. Our listening audience across the seas, Gary Bauer, giving technical advice. Okay, I. So the uh, the other day, this is what happens. Gary Tom, Bauer know. giving we'll, technical advice. Zach we'll Bauer, to, phone the office. Zach yeah. Bauer, phone the office. 
So, um, you know, he mocks you mercilessly for your technical. I, well, that's OK. I mean, he's my son. He he's, he knows. Uh, here, look, Tom, I'm going to be Joe Biden. I'm not going to say a word <laughs> bad about Zach because he knows too many things. <laughs> so, uh, We're not going to criticize you for loving your son. Yeah, that I, I do love my son. And uh, um it, it, periodically, though, when I'm doing that and I, you know, I, I got it down to, you know, a pretty quick operation and I'll hit the lead and I'll go, whoa, was there one that said IRS in that or is that my imagination? <laughs> so, you know, things like that will happen. And then I'm frantically searching the trash receptacle on the phone to see if I can retrieve what I just erased. Okay. Do we want to talk about anything of any specificity today? I think or we just stick with this. this I, I like it. I, I think it's I think it's I think it's great. I was um, uh, goofing around earlier this morning while you were figuring out how to delete emails. Um, I was comparing, trying to compare because it's they're very similar comparisons. Donald Trump's overseas business dealings and Joe Biden's overseas business dealings. And what I came up with was that the former president owns 14 international golf clubs, which are hotels, resorts, condominium developments. Um, and outside the United States, he has the elite tower in Ramakan, Israel, which is kind of a dump, I hate to admit it. Um, the Trump International Hotel in uh Jakarta, Indonesia, Trump International Hotel Vancouver, Trump World in Seoul, Palm Trump International Tower and Hotel in Dubai. He's got the resort in Baja, Mexico. He's got Trump Tower Manila, Trump Tower Mumbai, Trump Tower Pune, India, Trump Tower um, in uh, Nagar, which is also India. He's got one in Gujarat, India. Are you saying that these places are still standing without mobs of outraged global citizens burning them to the ground? He opened two weeks ago Trump Tower Punta Este in Uruguay, Trump Hotel in Rio. And then I'm comparing Joe Biden's international business dealings, and all I come up with is Joe Biden. Yeah. Yeah. And yet Joe Biden has has managed to accumulate, what is it, 80 net worth of $85 million or something? Or? Uh, what more do Republicans want? What, what more can they possibly expect? I mean, my God, they've got him dead to rights. It's been handed to them on a silver platter. The luckiest gold prospect gold prospector ever to hit the Yukon never had it so good. But we hesitate. We stammer. We procrastinate. Why? Why? The committee hearings have been great, by the way. I think they've been sensational. But it's like they won't move until they have OJ's glove and DNA samples. Because the Democrats keep saying, well, if you don't have DNA samples, if you don't have dead bodies with police tape, then there's no evidence. And we take the lead from them. I was listening to, I like him, Senator Kennedy from Louisiana. Well, we just don't have enough. I'm not against further looking into it, but we don't have enough at this stage to begin a process where we don't know where it's going to end. 
And, you know, if we push this too fast, if we go Are down... Are mocking our Southern listeners, Tom? Because I always <laughs> want to say that as a Kentucky boy, that's me, who just recently started wearing shoes, uh, I find this <laughs> mimicking of... I mean, you're, you're like trying to be a trans hillbilly. Oh, uh, you, know, you were not born a hillbilly. You can't become a hillbilly <laughs> just by thinking that you can identify with If that. we go down this road, Gary, we might lose the house. <laughs> and I know the Democrats never cared about. They always went ahead with stuff. I just if we can't do the uh, if we can't do the right thing now when we've got the most corrupt. And you're the one who usually um goes off on wayward Republicans. But last night when I was watching your favorite TV channel, I, I was stunned by it. Just absolutely stunned. I heard somebody say that if a special counsel, I don't remember who, thankfully, because I won't imitate the accent. If we, if, if we appoint a special, the reason they're against appointing a special counsel is because they're afraid it'll just They'll get the wrong guy, and it'll just end up showing Joe Biden to be more corrupt. <laughs> yeah, I look, uh, you know, every year the uh, American Values has an audit, of course. If you have an organization, you need to be audited. And so I don't in any way mean to insult auditors or accountants or whatever. Um, but the Republican Party has the soul of an accountant. They, they are most in their element and happy when they put on the green eye shades and go down column. Now, turn to page 48 and look at column seven. Go down 12 lines. Now, see that? Now look at that. That's an inappropriate use of federal money right there. We're going to get rid of that. We're going to get rid of that as soon as you give us a majority. What? Our voters are not inspired? Why not? I... <laughs> I, look, and, it, and God knows America needs a national accountant. I mean, we do. So in that sense, you know, you would think a party with uh, the soul of an accountant uh, would, would do better in, in stopping the out-of-control spending when the, the times we have powers. power. We, we are unable, Tom. Democrats get up in the morning and they are able to husband, create – uh, go reach deep down into their gut and bring out emotion about some of the stupidest, most evil things in the world. But at least the listener hears somebody that really cares. Look at the emotion of that person. Now, all too often, the emotion is about um, how important it is that America continue to abort at least a million babies a year if we're going to be everything we're supposed to be. Or they get all emotional about how dare you defy a young boy that knows he's actually a girl because he was assigned the wrong gender at birth. And now you bigot, you want to keep him out of your daughter's the bathroom. What's wrong with you? And you listen, you go, man, this must be really important. I mean, she's nearly in tears making these points. We, that, that terrible moment last week, and my heart goes out to him. I agree with uh, President Trump. It, I, I felt sadness about it when Mitch McConnell, who apparently has fallen twice, 
the, the most notable fall he was hospitalized for. But then we found out he fell again, I think, at going into an airplane just a few weeks ago. He's he's he what, he's suffered. 80, 81 or something. Yeah. He, he may have suffered on camera, you know, a form of epilepsy, which is the exact opposite of what people imagine when they think epilepsy. Um, but uh that silence, that 18 seconds of silence, in its own way, it kind of reminded me of the Republican Party all too often. You know, I wake up in the morning and there's been some new development, something that displays and reveals even more how insane the neo-Marxist, nihilistic left has become. And I turn on the TV and bring up the computer and get my cell phone and I'm waiting for the Republicans fighting for the microphone so they can expose this latest example and do it with passion. Make that worker struggling to pay his mortgage believe this. This Republican senator actually feels his pain, understands what he's going through. And I see virtually nothing on most days of the week. It's sad. It's sad. And look, that that's why when Donald Trump stood up there and gave his inaugural address, and I keep asking people, you know, whether you liked him or not, go back and, and skim through the inaugural address until you get to the part where Donald Trump caused everybody sitting on that stand behind him to feel tremendous indigestion, guilt, whatever, nothing good. When Donald Trump described what happened to middle America, when the global elites made the, the biggest economic and foreign policy mistake in the history of America by deciding that communist China would, could become a reliable trading partner. And that in order for that to happen, all we had to do was agree to buy cheap stuff from them and close down all of our factories. And and one of the side benefits would be they would become free just like us. And Donald Trump described that and he said main streets all over America boarded up while the elites of Washington, D.C. became wealthier and wealthier. And Tom... In my mind's eye, I imagined a dagger into the hearts of every Democrat, virtually every Democrat and Republican sitting on that stage behind him. That's when George W. Bush leaned over to the guy next to him and said, this is some strange crap here. Um, This, you know, I saw an article. I'll let you speak in just a second. Uh, I'm sorry. I saw an article. Go ahead. Go No, in, within the next 15, 20 minutes, can I say something? Go ahead. Yes. I just want to make one more point, and I will be silent for the rest of the show. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. right. There was an op-ed in, uh, I think, the Wall Street Journal or maybe Barron's in the last couple of days. The, the guy wasn't a conservative. Maybe he was a liberal, but he, it, it was, that wasn't obvious either. But he said, look, the, the gap between the rich and poor in America and all over the world is becoming greater and greater. It, it got greater during COVID for obvious reasons. You know, all this money was poured into the financial system and it caused inflation. What did that do? It inflated the value of stock and inflated the value of real estate. So people at the top, even though we, you know, it was terrible during COVID, but assets went up for most of those people. But people in the bottom uh, percentiles, that many of them, 
don't live in areas where housing prices rise to these ridiculous lows. So the gap has become unbelievably large. And if Republicans don't internalize that fact, who knows what's going to happen down the road? Because the country's either going to be governed by leftist populists or right-wing populists. Those are the two choices. Those yearning for back the old conservatism, it's not going to work. I'm done. You, no, Take you, it away. You've said this before, uh, although I'll say it far but more. But you weren't listening. <laughs> you've, you've said it before, but I'll say it far more eloquently and articulately. <laughs> and there are risks, by the way, to a Donald Trump re-election. I... I'm the first to see that. The risks of not reelecting Donald Trump are that if a Republican manages to win who is not Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis may be accepted. It'll go we'll go right back to establishment Republican politics and all the gains that we've made. And I would even argue that some of the gains that we've made under Trump policies have occurred de facto under Joe Biden, namely standing up to China uh, yeah. and, you know, protecting American manufacturing and attempting to entice many of those companies and outfits that have left to come back. If Donald Trump is not reelected, I think that will be the end of the Republican Party. And the reason I say that is because whoever assumes the mantle of the Republican Party after Donald Trump will almost certainly, again, with the exception of Ron DeSantis, will, will revert back to George Bush establishment rhino policies that not only serve the party disastrously, but serve the country very poorly. Now, there's not going to be a criminal investigation unless there's a special counsel here. And that might mean that Joe Biden would have to testify under oath to a grand jury. You cannot indict a sitting president. That's been DOJ policy for 80 years or something like that. But a president can testify before a grand jury under oath. But remember, the threat of that was so bad, Democrats never dared um, uh, put Donald Trump before a federal grand jury. Oh, wait a second. Yes, they did. <laughs> because Republicans are so spooked for some reason by Joe and by the media that the media is just going to keep, the Biden's going to just keep lying and the media is just going to keep hiding. And why shouldn't they? The Democrats, they get away with it um, every time, all the times they want. Now, the DOJ is going to get everything it wants because all the hearings are in D.C. Mark Levin on Sunday night had this just incredible matrix. It was... Oh, I saw that. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Judges, uh, 10 of the 12 circuit court judges in Washington, D.C. come from Maine Justice. <laughs> Think about that. These are guys that stand in the, ca- in, the, in the lunch line at the canteen together. Their kids play ball together. They go to the same church. Well, they probably don't go to church, but uh, if they did go to church, they'd go together. And the, the only two instances where there's been any independence whatsoever, this Wilmington judge, whose name I can't remember, and this judge down in, in, uh, in Palm Springs that's dealing with the documents case. The judge in the probation case 
in in uh, uh, Wilmington for Hunter, uh, the plea bargain case. Again, I can't remember her name. She raised the specter. She opened up the um, what do you call not a jack in the box? What do you call the Pandora? The Pandora's yeah, Pandora's box that uh, the White House, the Justice Department, every Democrat, the New York Times uh, has got to fear most. And that is that Hunter was a foreign agent. Now, if Hunter was a foreign agent, the question becomes for who and for what purpose? And if they move Farah, and of course, if you engaged in one one hundredth of the foreign lobbying activity that Hunter did, uh, you'd be wearing the color of the shirt that I'm now wearing, orange. I'm not actually in prison yet. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, if if Farah comes into this, then Joe is they got him dead to rights. He doesn't have to take one dollar. Joe Biden does not have to have been proven to take one dollar to be a co-conspirator in a Farah violation case. That's it. Just one case, one Farah case. And Hunter, I mean, Hunter was not a foreign agent. What was he? And the purpose of his foreign agency was to do what? To influence Joe Biden. So then Joe is a co-conspirator, whether he took a dollar or not. Joe helped, as we found out from the testimony from Devin Archer on Monday, Joe helped, not only helped facilitate Hunter's business dealings, Joe was the purpose of, of Hunter's business dealings. We already know this. Congress already had this information before Archer testified. They don't have to show that Joe took one shekel to nail him on a, being a co-conspirator in a fair case. The case against Joe Biden as a co-conspirator is overwhelming. This should be article number one for any impeachment inquiry. And I think the pressure will build. There'll have to be an impeachment inquiry. And why leading Republicans? The only guy who's actually called for an impeachment inquiry is Donald Trump. Where are the other Republican candidates? Even if you don't think it's a great idea, there's going to be one. So why not get out in front of the train and be the first guy? I keep pushing this to our friend. Be the first guy to call for one. Well, you know, Tom, some of it is some of it. I think some of it is is there's just too many cowards. But in in addition to that, you know, I I saw what is it they're afraid of? What is it uh, they that, are that, af- that what will happen to what's happened to, to Donald Trump will happen to them? That they're willing to fight up to a certain level, and then they might risk everything. You're right. They Got have it. accumulated. You're right? right. You're absolutely right. Um. So. I've, I never I've thought of that. Couple, I've heard a couple of uh, of senators and congressmen. That's why say, we allow you on the show every now and again. I know, I know. It's uh, and, it's a privilege. Daily, you're looking for a way to get rid of me. <laughs> I, I've heard. I get calls. I, you know, I've I've got friends. I still have friends, Tom. Um, that I've seen some senators and congressmen say, uh, "Look, the Democrats misused impeachment. They they they." You know, they debased the, the coin of the realm. It's supposed to be saved for serious things. And they didn't do that. And I'm not going to play the same game. I'm not going to do it to Joe Biden just because I disagree. So here it is again, right? You know, the they get to use one set of rules. There is nobody in America that gets up and says, you know, honey, I believe the impeachment power is being debased. 
Nobody thinks like that. What they think like is, holy cow, this is the second time this guy's gotten impeached. What's wrong with the Republican Party? What is going on? You know, it's just like the the Democrats right now, how they are uh, every day. They are undermining the legitimacy of the Supreme Court. The same Supreme Court that for years they supported all along the way because it was doing their dirty work for them. It was changing the definition of marriage. It took prayer out of the schools. It took Bible reading out of the schools. So the Democratic Party, Democrats in conservative areas could run for office and then people would say, well, what do you think about school prayer being taken out? And he goes, well, I I was very disappointed. If only... The Democrats, if only President Biden supported the American Supreme Court the way they're supporting the Israeli Supreme Court. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But, you know, you know what will happen the next time there's a Supreme Court that does something that's terrible, that gores conservatives and conservative values. You will get a bunch of Republicans saying, well, I don't agree, but the Supreme Court under the Constitution gets to settle these matters and we need to obey the law. That is what keeps our republic safe. So Republicans provide the cover for leftist Supreme Courts to gore the values of Republican voters, while Democrats, as disgusting as it is, will fight to the death to delegitimize the Supreme Court if that court dares gore the values of the Democrat base. Every Political scandal, uh, even Democrat scandals, has has three phases. Dan Greenfield in Front Page Mag has an absolutely hilarious piece. The first phase, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, first phrase is denial. Absolutely untrue. I never knew a thing about Hunter's businesses. We never, we speak every day about the weather, but I have never, ever asked him about his business dealings. Then you get partial denials. Then you get, what's your name? Well, the uh, president was never in business, and I don't want to be asked this question ever again. And then the third stage of the scandal is, everybody knew it all along, but so what? What's the big deal? Right? That's That was Dan Goldman, who was one of the impeachment leaders against Trump, said yesterday... Well, he's not supposed to be polite. He's not supposed to say hello. You know, the the uh, hunter gets daddy on the phone to talk to his business partners. Um, That was access. The Times then is trying to argue that Joe and they might be right about this, was too stupid or too demented to understand why his son kept putting it on. Hey, Daddy, can you take this call? Daddy, can you take this call with these foreign business people? Hey, Hunter, what's up? It's Pop here. Uh, Hi, Dad. How you doing? I just wanted to introduce you to my friend Pavel from Ukraine, uh, Lee Chang-Woo from China, Osama from Afghanistan. Hey, great to meet you. How's the weather in Afghanistan? (laughs) I mean, it, it... and, and I thought the congressman made a mistake when he said they were talking about the weather. He should have said they were talking about climate change. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, I, 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 I just um, – and then the New York Times today, today, it's been long – and I wish I had it in front of me. I could show you. It's been long known that the elder Biden at times interacted with his son's business partners. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> They're telling us this today? 
Yeah, golfing and, uh, you know. All What's kinds the of big deal? Things. We knew Joe Biden lied. So what? Everybody, everybody lies. Everybody talks about the weather. It doesn't prove a thing. And we'll treat anything else that you prove in exactly the same way. So what? Big deal. We all knew it. We were try. We were supposed to believe, Tom, that when somebody from uh, a government of a foreign country uh, visited the United States and they stayed in a room at the Trump Hotel, that that was a payoff to Donald Trump <laughs> by having room service at the room. Yeah, yeah, eighty five dollars for breakfast. Look at the money I'm giving Trump. You know, what I mean, it's like, like it, it is the, the the you know, if they didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards at all. That's the, I, no, it's just. Um, and the other thing I, I haven't really heard, you know, 20 calls, 20 calls, that's just from one guy. God, I mean, that just Devin Archer is the one who was in on 20 calls. How many, what about these other floozies and hangers on? How many, there could have been hundreds. By the way, who calls their daddy to put on a, I mean, you've been in business, I've been in business. Uh, hold, hold on there, Frank. I want to get my daddy on. When I first came to Washington and I had important meetings, I periodically would get Spike Bauer on the phone. But I, I, I learned after a period of time that I never got any of those contracts. <laughs> except for the, uh, except for the snow removal, the guys who yeah, parked. I thought the- I had a shot for the Budweiser contract, but even that one fell through. <laughs> Look, it, it, we got the guy dead to rights. I don't I just I'm mystified what the downside is other than other than saving the country, other than restoring some semblance of respect uh, and credibility to our law enforcement agencies. I, I it, it stupefies me that leaders of our party, particularly in the Senate, some in the House are dragging their feet on this. And I think you nailed it. You nailed it. And I, you know, would have fallen asleep two hours earlier had I had the foresight to actually call you and ask you why. They're afraid of being trumped. Yeah, absolutely. You you know, Tom, I don't want to I don't want to go too far down this road. I mean, obviously, the Ukraine war happened for some big reasons. Um, you, You know, we could we could take hours and hours talking about, you know, the the multiple invasions of Russia that's taken place through Ukraine, you know, uh, over the years and all the rest of that. You know, Putin has designs on, um, you know, other other countries. You know, um, we could get into an argument about didn't we provoke it by NATO moving closer and closer to the boundaries of, of Russia? So I'm not ignoring all those issues, but but you can make a case that at least in part, the the corruption in Ukraine, which the National Democrat Party has been deeply involved in, many of the top figures of the Democrat Party have been involved in Ukrainian corruption for years, not the least of which is Hunter Biden. And it made it more likely that the the usual pacifist Democrat Party was going to get all macho when it came to Putin going into Ukraine. So you can you can make an argument that Hunter Biden and by extension, the Biden family's corruption in Ukraine is a contributing factor 
to a war that is killing hundreds of thousands of people and could accidentally trip us into something uh, much worse. Hunter Biden is in and of himself not just a personal disaster, he is a geopolitical disaster. His Ukraine dealings corrupted our government, uh, impeached a president, and may have prefigured a horrible, horrendous war. And again, Holman Jenkins had a great piece in the Wall Street Journal, I think it was over the weekend, um, there's a reason that Joe is now embracing his son more, what's the term, more, uh, he's hugging him closer and closer. He's with him every day, it seems. He tra- He lives at the White House, by the way, no one is reporting that. Isn't I don't that know amazing what. That, that, that that has never really, no announcement was ever made about that. And, and the, the major, major media never really said, well, it's pretty clear now that, uh, you know, former uh, drug addict uh, Hunter Biden, uh, former failed to register as a former uh, foreign agent, <laughs> is living at the White House. Oh, by the way, where in the heck did that cocaine come from? Right. Uh, he's I, I, I think he's now so ruthlessly uh, defending and embracing his kid um, because. There's an there's a Biden family extortion thing going on here. Joe knows that Hunter, if he wanted to, brings the whole thing down. And even if Hunter doesn't want to, now that we know as much as we know, could bring the whole thing down. But I also think everyone who says, oh, he loves his son, he loves his son, that if push came to shove, really, really came to shove, he'd throw the kid under the bus in a second. And Hunter is no less ruthless dealing with his dad than I would submit the dad would be in dealing with him. Yeah, you know, Tom, this gets us to a theme that's been a regular theme on Bower and Rose. And, and I think it's always uh, there's always value in reminding people of it. Uh, Joe Biden is not a nice guy. I, I, I would love to have a secret ballot of Republican senators and congressmen who, if they were absolutely certain that nobody would ever know what how they answered the question, I would love to see what the results would be if the question was, in a confidential ballot, do you believe, even though you have disagreements, disagreements with him, that Joe Biden is a nice guy? I bet you at least half of the Republicans in the United States Senate would say, yeah, I do. Oh, I was. Yeah, oh, I, I, nice I, 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 I thought you were going the other way. That's why I was shaking my head. No, I agree with you. Um, yeah. Because he cracks a joke, because he slaps you on the back. Uh, he's a great guy. He's a wonderful guy. One other question. Two words. Barack Hussein Obama. That was a joke about Joe Biden. <laughs> Remember when he said, what's the number yes. one issue? Jobs. A three-letter word, J-O-B-S. Um, right. <laughs> why did why did Barack Obama allow or give Biden control of the Ukraine portfolio after 2014? And to hit the rewind button a bit, the war that we're now focused on and deeply involved in that actually began its, its most recent phase in February of 2022 actually began in March of 2014 when Russians uh, when 
Russian paramilitary forces took uh, uh, the Donbass, uh, uh, Donetsk, and Luhansk, which are two parts of the Donbass region, uh, seized and illegally annexed Crimea. So the war now has been going on for nine years, not a year and a half. At that point... Obama gave Biden the Ukraine portfolio. Why would he do that when he knew that Biden wouldn't or couldn't restrain his son? It wasn't a secret that Hunter traveled with Joe to Ukraine. It wasn't a secret that Hunter got his $83,000 a month sinecure from Burisma after Joe got the Ukraine portfolio, and it wasn't a secret that Viktor Shokin, the Ukrainian state prosecutor who was investigating Burisma for corruption, violations of domestic Ukrainian security law, um, uh, influence peddling corruption, this guy Viktor Shokin investigating Burisma, that Hunter pushed daddy to get him fired and then daddy like an idiot jackass that he is brags about it on camera um was do you think that this corruption issue which is not it's it might be new to the new york times but it's not new to anybody in the know all the obama people know this do you think that's why uh, obama skipped over uh biden and went with hillary in uh, 2016 I, I think that's that's uh, very likely. We no nobody knows what's going on in the mind of Barack Obama, uh, but th- there have been reports that Obama and some of his top people were very worried about uh, Biden's um, not Biden not being careful enough about how he was enriching his family, and that inevitably uh, this this was going to be made public. And the Republicans would use it and, uh, you know, take down the whole House of Cards. Yeah, now, they overestimate us. That, right. that Barack Obama was overestimating <laughs> the ability of the Republican Party to use any gift on a platter uh, to fight as hard as the Democrats do. And uh, by the way, and I want to give a caveat here, Tom. We do have a group of, of people, particularly in the House, but some senators, too, that are really strong. Oh, yeah. And, the committee hearings have been terrific. Yeah. And and, uh, there are a growing group of of senators and House members that that do follow sort of a populist conservatism and uh, and and know how to fight hard, uh, which, you know, is is uh, the the nature of our politics today. But unfortunately, they they don't outweigh the number of Republicans that desperately want to go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow morning in 1955. You know, you you and I are both old enough to remember in in the litany of the saga of presidential brothers, you know, Billy Carter with Billy Beer and uh, Vivian, well, I don't remember Vivian Truman, uh, Harry's younger brother, Jack Churchill, Winston Churchill's brother. They're all, they were all involved in, uh, Jack, uh, Churchill had a predilection for, 
women uh, not named Mrs. Churchill, uh, if I can. If How I refreshing, <laughs> given the age we live in. <laughs> if women, I, <laughs> if I can, if we if can, I, we can work with that, Tom. We can work with that. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Neil Bush, the savings and loan guy, but Hunter just obliterates all of them. I mean, and this is what's remarkable about the Hunter story are the elements that have not been told. I, I, I mean, he screwed up our intelligence community. He corrupted, helped to corrupt the FBI, the IRS, and now justice. Uh, the, the skeletons from Hunter Biden's closet would fill up the Superdome. And you would think that only a few of them would stand in the way between Joe Biden and reelection. That's, a, you know, again, reason enough. By the way, if Trump is reelected, and I, I hope that he would be, He's going to have one heck of a time. I, I mean, th- this notion that he's going to go in there and within 90 days, are you kidding me? Two and a half million federal bureaucrats, 90% of whom are Democrats in Washington, D.C., where the legal system is totally and completely rigged. Every grand jury is 96% Democrat. Every judge, 10 out of the 12 district court judges, come from Maine Justice. Eight out of the 10 were uh, Biden or Obama appointees. Two were Trump appointees. That's why I think now, and Mark Levin opened my eyes on this, that's why I think that there wasn't the pushback, and I was surprised in the White House, we were surprised that a lot of our uh, district court judges in areas you know, outside Washington got through, I wouldn't say super easily, but more easily than we expected, is because they don't care. All they care about is D.C., because that's where justice is, that's where the FBI is, that's where the IRS is. As long as they, they control those district courts and the district court judges... All their grand juries will be lock, stock, and barrel Democrat. They can do whatever they want there. That's reason enough to neutron bomb Washington, D.C. Yeah. Tom, when we come back from our break, let's... Ooh, that's a good one, Bauer. That's the first time ever. Yeah. When we come back from our break, let's talk a little bit about what is likely to happen immediately if Donald Trump got the nomination and won the presidential election in uh, 2024. We'll be right back. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome back, everybody. Gary Bauer, Tom Rose with you. The Bauer and Rose podcast, the Bauer and Rose show. Uh, We have not yet received a, a final ruling from our jury uh, part of us is interested in, in uh, reversing the name of the show. Uh, <laughs> many of our listeners want it to be called Rose and Bauer. 
Uh, but we'll 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 find that out. So let's I mean, say what we should do is say uh, welcome to the smart and smarter show and leave it up to people to make the judgment. <laughs> Our dumb and dumber, dumb and dumber. Um, Donald Trump uh, is reelected November 2024, takes office January 21, uh, January 20th, 2025. What happens? I think, and we alluded to this, we played a little bit last week. I think what you're seeing in Israel is a kindergarten version of what we're going to see here in January of 2025. And by the way, that completely glosses over all that would happen between an election and the inauguration. That's what I was going to get at. Go ahead. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the first thing that would happen, and we would see it uh, in the weeks leading up to the election, if it looked in the polling that uh, Trump was going to actually win, you would start seeing stories about reports of voter intimidation taking place and Republicans in some states uh, messing around with voting. If only if only we knew how to do that. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, And and then if on election morning, uh, you know, we got to win twice. We got to win, you know, the the vote counting up until midnight, the night of Election Day. And then we got to win the vote count that takes place between two in the morning and seven in the morning when we get back up. If we win both of those and Trump is actually elected president, uh, I believe you will see a massive Democrat Party effort supported by all the media, the social media organizations and U.S. intelligence to say the election was stolen with the help of America's enemies, and this man cannot be allowed to take Where did we hear that before? Sounds like 2016 all over again. Remember right. the— and there was rioting in Washington, D.C. Oh, my—what about Inauguration Day? Yes. Firebombs, Molotov cocktails, window breakings, the Women's March the next day with a million people, and uh, I think that will be— child's play compared to what we see now, what we would see then. And the election interference, the election on integrity operation is already underway. What, that's what Jack Smith is all about. He is Mr. Election Interference 2024. This is designed to take out third world style the leading opponent to the regime you, you read these stories, the Honduran opposition candidate ruled uh, ineligible to run in the election. In Pakistan, you hear about that all the time. The guy that ran against Imran Khan, they threw him in jail. And Brazil, that's, where they're taking the, the Trump-like guy that used to run Brazil. That's right. And they're, they're, they're going to rule that he can't run for re-election for 10 years. Because why? Because he challenged the results of the last election. That's what they're going to try to do here, using the the Insurrection Act or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, passed in the wake of the Civil War. Right, right. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's so clear to us, Tom. I, I mean, you, you know, do you, I wonder how many people remember that in the, the you know when the weeks leading up uh, to the twenty twenty election, um, multiple cities. Uh, were boarding up their downtowns and canceling police leaves and vacations because they expected if Trump won, 
that Democrats would not just be rioting in Washington, D.C. They would be rioting in every city in America. And guess what happened? It's hard to get a riot if you're in the suburbs or in rural counties. Guess guess what happened when Biden won? The Trump people didn't. Oh, January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. January 6th, windows were broken. Terrible things happened on January 6th. All the folks involved and um, many, many hundreds of those who were not involved are now in horrific conditions in the D.C. Correctional Institute in solitary confinement, sentenced to years and years and years. And the crime wave that it's funny, Democrat criminals are fine. Republican criminals need to be treated in the harshest possible way. Now, I would argue that Democrat criminals need to be treated to the full extent of the law, and Republican criminals need to be treated to the fullest extent of the law. But the 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 dissonance is really, really Republic threatening. Nothing is more dangerous to the future of our country than these two-tiered systems of justice. And of course, when you have a two-tiered system of justice, you have a no-tiered system of justice because two tiers equals no justice. Yep. Well, well said. Uh, so I, I don't know, Tom. I mean, it's hard to see how we get out of this mess, right? I, I mean, I think one real possibility, it doesn't get us out of the mess, but that, that the other side has amassed such power and their ability to control the narrative in the media. Uh, I saw an article the other day about how every place where there is a college or university, almost all of them firmly in the hands of the left. It used to be that the precincts uh, on the university campus and then immediately adjacent to the campus would vote very liberal, even in a red state because of the people that work at the university and so forth. But now this is growing deeper into those communities. So now the whole community uh, it ends up being more left wing than the state they're in. And now it's this is happening to such a degree. It's one of the contributing factors in states that we have seen who were that were solidly Republican 20 years ago, and now at best are toss-ups, places like North Carolina, for example, or Georgia, for example. Um, So they've got tremendous power, uh, and it may be they'll just beat us down and put the fear of God in our elected officials that get elected from our votes, and we will eventually have to um, have lesser lives than uh, we were meant to have and, uh, and, and kneel when they tell us to kneel. And there'll be some that resist and they'll be crushed. That, to me, is, is the worst-case scenario. Um, you know, we, I, I think it's very possible we will, that people will lose their freedom without fully understanding they have lost their freedom. We, we hear... Regularly, it's just part and parcel of where these kinds of conversations go. Well, we'll wake up. We'll wake up. They're trying to anesthetize us, but we'll finally wake up. At this point, we're going to wake up. And the problem with that metaphor, it's not a metaphor. The problem with that um, uh, line of thinking 
if you have an anesthesiologist that keeps dripping uh, sodium pentothal into your veins, you don't wake up. You die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. don't spontaneously wake up as you're being dripped to death. Well, and there's, uh, the, you, you know, you, you don't get indoctrinated the way you used to get indoctrinated in the dystopian novels, which was, uh, and there were some great dystopian novels. Uh, you know, the dissident is dragged in at the middle of the night after being uh, dragged out of his house. He's put in a room by himself. Uh, you know, a couple of thugs come in and order him to say a particular thing, and he won't. And they, you know, break his nose, and he still won't. They start pulling his fingernails out. They say they're gonna, he's gonna, they're gonna kill his family, and he finally goes, "Okay, I've had enough. I've had enough." The indoctrination now is, because of high tech, is a subtle indoctrination that many people don't even realize that that they're succumbing to it. It's Brave New World as opposed to 1984, right? The Soma right. drug in Brave New World, Ray Bradbury. You're, you're given this drug to make you satisfied with your diminishing opportunities in life. I, you know, there's a bill pending in the Congress called the Equity Act, and uh, the first lie about the bill is its title. It has absolutely nothing to do with equity. It's like the Fight Inflation Now Act, which had absolutely nothing to do with inflation. It was a climate change bill. But the Equity Act would literally overturn every state law that has been passed in the last couple of years that ensures Girls in high school won't have to share their bathrooms and changing rooms and locker rooms with boys. It would it would overturn every law that said you can't do horrific surgeries on 10 year old kids because they're temporarily confused about what their gender is. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it's it is the entire LGBTQ agenda on steroids. Every Democrat in the House of uh, uh, in, the, in the House of Representatives is a co-sponsor. Um, so it it uh, you know would, would just take a couple of Republican weenies to break ranks in the House. The thing will pass. It would need sixty votes in the Senate, uh, but uh, it, it it's likely to get uh, every Democrat vote from maybe one. And you know I I wouldn't be surprised if. 10, 12 Republicans bailed out. Uh, so the other day, I, I was getting ready to write about this and warn people about it. So I uh, brought up Google and I put in uh, uh, Equity Act and hit search. And like the first 30 articles that came up were articles telling you, the, the searcher, why the Equity Act is the best thing since sliced bread. It was editorials by newspapers. It was the opinion of, you know, uh, courageous scientists and, and, and CEOs of corporations, how important it is. And then you got down, after you scrolled and scrolled and scrolled, there was a little article in some journal I'd never heard of saying, uh, the Equity Act is terrible. It would completely change the meaning of discrimination in America from race and ethnicity to sexual orientation and, and 52 genders. Ethnicity? Uh, 
Hmm. Yeah, the ethnic. Uh, no, I just uh, I've never heard the word ethnicity before. What are you drinking? What Joe Biden's drinking? <laughs> have you seen Oppenheimer? I have not. Is it good? I haven't seen it. Oh, all right. Have you seen uh, the Sound of Freedom? I have not. It's I good. have not. I have not. I did see, and I'm embarrassed to admit this because. No, don't tell me you saw Barbie. No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, certainly not. I was going to say, did your lady friend make <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm still, I'll, I'll never recover from having dragged her to the new Indiana Jones movie. Which was terrible. Oh, my God. They should have killed that series too. too yeah, too they should have called that San Francisco Jones. Uh, it was just so. Indiana has been eman- emaciated. emaciated. No, I, I mean, and such a magnificent. The first three were great. Oh, I love those movies. I just don't. Anyway, anyway, I'm I have not seen. For, I've not seen looking for the Lost Ark. <laughs> As are you people. That's well. That's 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 exactly right. Maybe we'll find it in in uh, Newport, Kentucky. Um, are you going to see Oppenheimer? I, I uh, probably when it comes to uh, Netflix. No, 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 no. They say you have to see it in seventy millimeter. That's a must. Really? What I'm waiting for, I'm one of these OCD, I hate sitting in a movie theater, listening to people chomp on popcorn, go through their plastic bags, uh, slurp through their straws, talk, so I want to wait until the theaters clear out a bit and I can sit alone so I don't have to hear people um, crinkling their their cheese-its bags. Interesting point. When COVID started, Tom, and what a tragedy and disaster that was. In the beginning, I was torn. I never thought it came naturally, but I thought it. I, I thought that it either came from the Wuhan lab, or it came from that sticky stuff on the bottom of your shoe after you've seen a movie in a typical movie theater. Can you imagine what's growing on that stuff? I think it's safe to say we've not only run out of time. <laughs> We've run out of material. <laughs> you know, I'm going to do this more often. I came uh, today completely unprepared. Yes, and I thought you were the were better today than you've ever been, Tom. <laughs> There's such a thing as practicing too much. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Um, what was the line? Um, uh, I can't remember. A great Churchill line I just read. Um uh, the other night about um, how how people are uh, no that was I'm sorry I'm confusing Churchill with Stalin Stalin uh, says go to editor <laughs> take this uh, three minutes out all right I'm gonna Stalin said uh, dead people are the best because no people no problems and they stay active in politics That's in right. America as long as they live in the big city have a great couple days we'll talk to you soon God bless. God bless.